0: Welcome back to our podcast within a podcast, pottering around the giant tortoise with a jewel encrusted shell of mangum reeds. We are three muggles who don't want to unfog the future because that sounds awfully stressful. I am my name is Sarah. I am joined, as always, by my co-hosts, BJ and Spencer. How are you all doing? You know,
1: generally, generally flattered that I think it's the nicest thing you've ever said about this podcast, that we are a jewel-encrusted tortoise. I'll take that. We are I mean, too heavy and very useless.
0: So, we are... In book three, um, chapter four, The Leaky Cauldron, which I believe in our last episode, I told you all is my favorite chapter, possibly of all of the Harry Potter books of all time. Mm
1: You did, and you will explain before we're done. I will.
0: Um, But we do have some segments that we do before then. We have a rapid-fire recap. We have uh, BJ's Wizard Wheezes, which is now called something else, which he will also explain later. Well, it's still (laughs) Um,
2: Wizard Wheezes, too.
0: Okay, gotcha. Never mind. We're just expanding the definition. Um, Yes. Maybe a subtitle is involved. Um, Then we have Newbies Notes from Spencer. We award house points. And then there are... Questions, which have already been previewed, I do believe. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, are we ready for the recap?
1: Uh, Assuming you've got an amount of time you need in mind, and this is a bit of a weird chapter to estimate on. A lot happens as characters roam about for an extended phase.
0: Yeah, I'm going to do... This is one of those chapters where I am going to keep it under two minutes, but I am hoping that my trusty co-hosts through the ether have realized that they need to... (laughs) expand on things in their segments that I am not touching on. <laughs> We're
1: here for you. Excellent. All right. for the honor of Ravenclaw's on the line. At your pleasure.
0: So Harry is a free wizard. He is having an incredible time in his new life at the Leaky Cauldron and putzing about Diagon Alley doing homework, eating ice cream, shopping, and fawning over the newest and best broom at quality Quidditch supplies, the Firebolt. And when he goes to buy his school books at Flourish and Blotts, the manager nearly faints with relief when he tells him that he's already got the Monster Book of Monsters and the bookseller doesn't have to go in to do battle to to get another copy. At the same time, Harry notices another book with a familiar figure on the cover. The book is Death Omens, What to Do When You Know the Worst Is Coming, and it has a giant black dog on it, not unlike the one Harry saw or thinks he saw before catching the night bus. Anyway, Harry starts seeing a lot of Hogwarts people start trickling in, and finally Ron and Hermione arrive. Hermione uh, decides that she deserves a present, so she goes to buy an owl. And Ron wants someone to look at Scabbers who hasn't been doing well since Egypt. Uh, The witch in the magical creature shop has some very condescending things to say about a non-magic rat but sells Ron some tonic as a giant ginger cat named Crookshanks tries to attack. Harry and Ron hightail it out of there and Hermione emerges with Crookshanks. Ron is furious, they go back to the leaky cauldron and meet the rest of the Weasleys, Jenny is embarrassed, Percy is pompous, and Fred and George find this all very funny. After dinner the last night in Diagon Alley, everyone is packing and Harry runs down to the bar to retrieve Ron's rat tonic when he overhears uh, Mr. and Mrs. Weasley discussing whether to tell Harry something. Fudge doesn't want him to know, but Mr. Weasley thinks that Harry should know that Sirius Black has escaped Azkaban to come after Harry. Black apparently spent a lot of time muttering he's at Hogwarts while at Azkaban and Voldemort supporters believe that Harry is responsible for the Dark Lord's disappearance. So this explains some of the extra security and leniency around Harry. Harry escapes back upstairs and has another one of his nighttime thinks.
1: You did that with 10 seconds to spare. You were getting professional at this stuff. Excellent. Very impressive. Um, um, so, so that's the gist of it. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to take a guess as to
2: why this is your favorite chapter and bring in a segment from a different uh, podcast that we do um, and say, this is a very on brand thing of this being your favorite chapter because there's absolutely no plot, basically no <laughs> character development and it's just a living in the world. That is, you
0: have hit the nail exactly on the head, (laughs) BJ. (laughs) Yes. I would live in the world that is especially the first half of this chapter for books at a time. Like, please, let me just wander around um, this magical place and uh, interact with interesting people and see weird things and go into shops and just sort of poke about. I am a very poke about sort of person.
1: This is clearly something that you and Harry have in common because this is seemingly the first time he's ever done this before in his life, just been on his own, and he's just in bliss throughout this chapter.
0: I know, he's so happy. (laughs) Um, So, yes, thank you for very adequately explaining my love of this chapter, (laughs) BJ. (laughs) Um, It is also, I would like to point out, and I had forgotten that this is when this happens until I was rereading it for today, um, but it is the first chapter that we meet Crookshanks, and uh, the description of Crookshanks particularly makes me very happy.
2: It's also a sort of weird intersection between familiar cat breeds. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm sort of curious, like, what... JK Rowling was drawing from when she started describing this cat.
0: The like, very, and I don't have my book right in front of me, um, to actually read the description, but it's like very fluffy, orange, it's got a squashed face, and it's, yeah, it's a giant. Yeah, it's like
2: a Maine Coon mixed up with an orange tabby mixed up with whatever breed has a,
1: is brachiocephalic. <laughs> <laughs> and with a delightful disposition towards rat murder, apparently. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, lots of things this, this chapter is just ticking a lot of boxes for me
1: <laughs> um,
2: and it 's ticked a number of boxes for me, um, which i 'm going to wheeze about for for quite a reasonable amount of time <laughs> and to make, you, make you both join in in my wheezings
0: Oh, excellent so if you Let would, me i 'm going to once again try to maneuver with my microphone to get my copy of the book, which i 've left on my co- coffee table so. Okay, um uh, then, carry then on. we'll wait
2: for for your paragraph sentence um a little bit longer. Nope, I've got um, it. Um cool. So so if you would turn to the beginning of chapter 4. <laughs> okay. Um it's like about a two preacher st-
0: BJ. If you would turn in <laughs> your hymnals to 357. Uh
2: the leaky cauldron uh mm-hmm. 331. Uh we <laughs> I will start reading. uh, Oh, I see the one you're looking at.
0: (laughs) The semicolons have jumped off the page at me, BJ. Uh,
2: So actually it's 1-3, I I, I did switch it. Uh, So he could go wherever he pleased, as long as it was in Diagon Alley, and this long cobbled street was packed with the most fascinating wizarding shops in the world, Harry felt no desire to break his word to fudge and stray back into the muggle world. And here's where we get the preview of the Mm -hmm. fun sentences that we're about to experience. (laughs) Um, Sarah, if you would like to uh, read the next sentence or paragraph, depending on how you choose to view things.
0: I would be happy to relive this part of the world with you all, thank you. (laughs) Harry ate breakfast each morning in the leaky cauldron, where he liked watching the other guests Funny little witches from the country, comma, up for a day's shopping, venerable looking wizards arguing over the latest article in Transfiguration Today, wild looking warlocks, semicolon, raucous dwarfs, semicolon, and once comma, what looked suspiciously like a hag comma, who ordered a plate of raw liver from behind a thick woolen balaclava. It's Which, just, also, I don't, sidebar, I don't get the opportunity to say balaclava out loud very frequently, and it makes me very happy.
2: <laughs> I'm so glad we could be of help. I just, I, I don't think that there's any other way, um, maybe if there were parentheses here, that we could have gotten a wider variety of uh, punctuation into one sentence. Um, yep. Spencer, I'm, I'm going to give you... Uh, a slightly harder one as well, um, but okay. I'm going to go with the next paragraph sentence, um, which is: After breakfast, Harry would go out into the backyard, comma, take out his wand, comma, tap the third break from the left above the trash bin, comma, and send away, send back as the archway into Diagon Alley opened in the wall.
1: Period. Mm-hmm. You see, there's just too much to see to confine herself by sentences. It's just a big world that needs to be described. That is very true.
0: Oh boy,
1: but, this next one. <laughs> I see it coming. But, Spencer, I'm going to have to ask you to
2: read uh, in, in, in your hymnal, uh, in <laughs> the Leaky cauldron, 4 uh, 1.
1: The next paragraph, right? Uh, oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> Harry spent the long, sunny days exploring the shops, kneading under the brightly colored umbrellas outside cafes, where his fellow diners were, show- oh, comma, where his fellow <laughs> diners were showing one another the purchases. Parentheses. It's a lunoscope, old boy. Uh, 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 dash. Uh, uh. You you open you quote. missed a
0: a punctuation you mark. Missed,
1: you missed two. Open quote. It's a l- lunoscope, uh, comma. <laughs> sign. Open quote. It's a lunoscope, comma. Old boy. Dash. No more messing around with the moon charts. Comma. C. Quotation mark. Close quote. Close parenthesis. Or else discussing the case of Sirius Black. Another parenthesis, Open quote. Personally, comma. I won't let any of the children out until he's back in Azkaban. Close quote. Close parentheses. Period.
2: It's just it's it's just so great.
1: Um,
2: <laughs> and and so the other thing that I have to say is the next sentence is the only other one in this paragraph, and
0: it's about as long. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have quite the crazy punctuation, but there are um, certainly there is certainly a semicolon in it. It,
2: it doesn't, but uh, we have a, a bunch of these wonderful paragraph sentences that that I. It's just so entertaining to notice what I'm reading now.
0: <laughs> I feel like, I, I have told you this before, I am really, really glad you have you have stumbled upon this particular uh, thing to point out in these chapters, but also I feel like this is the pinnacle of chapters, the pinnacle of the type of chapter in which J.K. Rowling does this type of writing. It's the long descriptive mm-hmm. passages, Right. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Where she just doesn't um, quite figure out how to put a period anywhere. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. I want
2: to have another thought, and I want to tell them about this and this. Ooh, and what about that?
0: Which is exactly and, my feeling about all of this.
2: It, it is a means of expressing breathless wonder. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I, I think it's great because presumably all of our listeners will have already read the chapter, so it's not actually spoiling the book. Cause I can sort of see like doing this ahead of time and somebody being like, Oh my God, why, why did you do that to me now? I can't help, but notice it.
0: Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um,
2: um, go ahead. So there are a couple of other things that, that I want to mention. That's just sort of a, a thing that we're going to quickly, uh, mention and then, leave as they are um we're going to talk about gobstones mm-hmm. which is described as a wizarding game rather like marbles in which stones squirt a nasty smelling liquid onto the other player's face when they lose a point um i don't see what's confusing about, oh, <laughs> confusing about that oh there is nothing confusing um uh,
0: is that somewhat better described as spencer than exploding snap
1: uh yeah we still have no clue to explode snap is i know what this game is and i don't want to play it um
2: Oh, there, there's another one that, that I forgot to highlight, but, but there's another interesting, uh, broom or wand servicing, uh, quote that, that I have somewhere, Mm. um, two other fun things, um, in the uh, magic pet shop, there is a fat white rabbit that keeps changing into a silk top hat, which seems very on muggle (laughs) brand, but not wizard brand. And it's just like, why would they have that there?
1: they would would they even know that that's a thing um yeah i almost wondered whether that was almost just like a walking ministry of magic violation like the purpose of that is to confuse muggles anyone who's buying that the shop is going to start illegally practicing magic that's the only reason that thing is there
0: exactly yeah that might be true
2: um and then the other thing that i have to mention is there are tribbles
0: and it's uh, a little a- a- star trek
2: a basket
1: of funny colored fur balls that were humming loudly that is exactly triples. I didn't notice that. Very much so. Could call, BJ. I don't know what triples are,
0: other than that they're yeah. apparently a basket of cus- uh, custard-colored verbals. The, the, tr- the, uh-huh.
1: the trouble with triples was an episode back in the original Star Trek of where they are essentially, I, I wouldn't even call them necessarily a parasite. They're perfectly pleasant, but they're a, ma- a very rapidly producing pest that just due to their just colossal rate of reproduction has a tendency to clog all kinds of things, including spaceships. And they basically just kind of make a little, they're little circular furry balls that just make a little purring noise when they're happy.
0: Uh, It sounds very cute and therefore very dangerous. Yes. Um, (laughs) I I think that these are some sort of, we have not, I don't think, encountered them in this series yet. But I think that these are probably what we learn are pygmy puffs. Pygmy puffs? Pygmy puffs. Yes, BJ,
1: is, is your alliteration itch scratched right there? Um, it is,
2: <laughs> um, but but we have some other fun wordplay, which I I, I am uh, I would be remiss if I didn't point out the uh, predicting the unpredictable, insulate yourself against shocks. <laughs> um, that that was uh, one that I that I particularly enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, but. My last uh, sub-segment of Wizard Weezes is going to be Deus Ex Chapter, where, wherein I dub each chapter um, by the uh, Deus Ex Machina-type event that occurs in it, um, and the name of this chapter will be Deus Ex Plot Exposition, or Foreshadowing, <laughs> depending on which you prefer.
1: Mm-hmm. W- would this be the overheard Weasley, cha- Weasley conversation?
2: Uh, yeah, I-, I would say so. Um, it gives you a little bit of an inkling of what may or may not happen in the rest of the book mm-hmm.
0: yeah, it is certainly the first step down that path,
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, to call it foreshadowing would be you know it's you know somebody's acting something out with shadow puppets rather than just like a <laughs> vague sense of what's going on
0: yes, um, maybe the foreshadowing uh is <laughs> better left to the. Uh, very prominently displayed title of death omens what to do when you know the worst is coming <laughs> I'm not sure that really counts either
2: <laughs> yeah especially, especially with the cover uh, character mm mm-hmm. uh, newbie I hear you have notes
1: I, I have notes and I have questions we'll go with notes first Uh, First things first, uh, Sarah, like what you talked about, this is just a really happy uh, chapter because Harry is just so happy roaming through this wizarding world. This is pretty much what we've seen, I think, the first time he's ever been on his own for an extended period, just of his own, and he's having a blast with it. This is clearly a guy that should be an emancipated minor and would be so happy if that paperwork could be filled out. (laughs) Uh, That broom that Harry is looking at is ridiculous and lethal. That thing would kill somebody. It's got what was what was the speed they said on it? Like 150 miles an hour in 10 seconds, mm-hmm. and instantaneous braking. That is how you like a, liquefy a person through the forces <laughs> you're putting upon them, as they're just riding a broom. But apparently, the wizarding world maybe there's some kind of automatic magic shield that encompasses you to protect you against g forces as you go. Who knows? Uh, Harry's concerns about Hagrid's intentions with respect to that monster book are perfectly legitimate. I actually anticipated that the reason Hagrid sent him this book was for the purpose of getting him trained in advance for whatever Hagrid's project was going to be this year. I'm not fully convinced that isn't at least partially the case yet. We will see. I also did not realize before this chapter that apparently bookshop owner among the most dangerous and frustrating professions in the wizarding world. If you have to wrangle with your merchandise to even get it sold to customers or order a whole collection of books only for them of their own nature to just disappear from your shelves without actually being sold? That does not make for a good day-to-day business life. I sympathize with this poor guy.
0: Can I interject here for just a second um, and say that one of the things I would have included in my summary, because (laughs) it just makes me so happy, is um, this moment where this bookshop owner is really having a... (laughs) Uh, An existential crisis about his choice of profession for all of the reasons that you have just iterated. Um, And he (laughs) is trying to uh, get two of the monster books apart or they're pulling a third book apart. And he's trying to sort of uh, mitigate this whole situation and play peacekeeper. And he says, stop it. Stop it. Um, cried the manager poking the walking stick through the bars and knocking the books apart I'm never stocking them again never it's been bedlam I thought we'd seen the worst when we bought 200 copies of the invisible book of invisibility Mm -hmm. cost a fortune and we never found them well is there anything else I can help you with and I just love this reference to these like (laughs) missing invisible books of invisibility it makes me so happy
1: This is absolutely a profession I would not want to engage in, but of characters we've met so far in the books that I'd love to sit down for a cup of coffee and just have them explain their life, that guy sounds like he'd be a very fun afternoon. (laughs) I'd want to hear the stories of this man dealing with this bookshop. Or you want to do a short film set in the Harry Potter world of just a random character, that, that would be entertaining. Just to follow this guy's adventures of going through the school year of whatever new annoying professor has come in. I mean. This guy must have been so overjoyed when Lockhart became a professor, and they got just his reading list, because that must have been the most simplest stocking job he's ever had in his career. Also oh, but imagine expensive. how much they would talk and be weird about, like
2: all the cover art. Can you imagine having to like have all of them on shelves
1: talking at you?
0: Oh, uh, I think, that's true.
1: I think you would learn to make sure that they are not on shelves that stare at each other, because the conversations those books would have back and forth with each other would be just <laughs> nightmarish.
2: I also kind of want to point out that, like, so many wizards are hilariously incompetent at kind of what they do. It It's like, why are you housing all of the books that like to tear each other apart together? <laughs> and. <laughs>
0: Social so, distancing. No, what, we need a little
2: social distancing exactly. here. <laughs> exactly.
1: I mean, and the, the, we see the cage as the starter image of this chapter, and it looks like they're just trapped in, like, the cage from Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. It's just no <laughs> books in... Several books enter, and several books don't leave to get out of this thing. <laughs> uh, several questions from here one thing, I absolutely agree with Hermione on the idea of a wizard taking muggle studies, or a person for the muggle world taking muggle studies, because that would be fascinating to see the warped and twisted view the wizarding world has of muggles. Because what we've heard so far, their perceptions are in no way accurate, are often fundamentally flawed, and so that could just be a hilarious piece on how oddly their world stares into ours. Uh, I am sincerely hoping for an all pets chapter at some point in Harry Potter now, because all of our three have their own pets, and they already have all started to interact, and I think that would just be adorable if we could see the three in some way go on their own adventures. Don't think we're going to get that. I think our camera is continually going to be locked over Harry Potter's shoulder, but I could have my hopes and dreams, damn it.
2: Well, I uh, will say- so is this
1: more of like a Royal Rumble
0: that you're imagining,
1: <laughs> or... I was hoping for more peaceful adventures, you know, solving- That's 100% not going to happen.
0: No. I I can certainly tell you, um, without really spoiling anything, that the scene that we got between uh, Crookshanks and Scabbers in the magical creature shop is pretty indicative of the rest of this book.
1: (laughs) This is going to come up again. It is.
0: You are going to get some pet adventures, but they are not pleasant.
1: We already, we, you know, Harry's already got an owl, the mortal enemy of rat-like creatures everywhere. Now you throw in a massive Maine Coon cat, are they just aiming for Scrabbers to die? I mean, the ki- the, from what, the description we get, Scrabbers has already been through the ringer about nine times before he ever even got to Ron, and I can't imagine Ron's improved the experience from there. That does bring me to one of my points I want to m- mention here, though, is that J.K. Rowling is not subtle about things she wants our readers to remember going forward. In fact, she loves to repeat them about for like three times over the course of three chapters. She really wants to hammer it in that, okay, I'm not literally going to tell you this is foreshadowing, but I want this thought to be in your head for later. And three of the ones we get here are, uh, point number one, Scrabbers is damn old. They have been emphasizing this over the course of this book several times. And here we have a character say that his age is literally impossible. So some way that's going to come up. I don't know how we already seen that the family loves old animals. So maybe it's just falling into that continual joke again. But correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't the shopkeeper owner say that the, as a regular non magical garden rat, this thing can live three years. Mm-hmm. This thing has clearly lived more than three years because it's spent three years just with Ron now.
0: That is correct.
1: So either a this thing is actually magical and in some way we're going to get a rat six Machina by the time this story is over. We'll see. Um, <laughs> or something else, who knows. Uh, Point number two, the wolf is relevant, remember the wolf, given that you put the wolf on the back of the Death Omen book. Just very much the wolf-like, wolf or dog-like creature. I was using both terms to describe it. Mm -hmm. It may suggest in some ways, I mean, I'm now pondering whether the wolf that he saw actually wasn't a wolf, but actually was a Death Omen, and now we're seeing that maybe Harry's manifesting a new magical power. Or, it was a wolf, and it's going to be the death of of Harry Potter in the middle of Book 3, and the names of the books hereafter are going to be remarkably off who the actual main character is? Probably not. But clearly, J.K. Rowling wants us to remember this wolf for as long as possible, and keep emphasizing that this is integrally important to the plot. This wasn't just a one-off scary thing. And, of course, point number three, and this has literally been mentioned once for the last three chapters, Dementors are a thing... or, sorry... I know I don't know that name for the next the name of the next chapter I don't think I'm assuming that's the name of these things but the min um, uh, Azkaban think uh, guards are a thing they are scary and you need to remember them and I'm assuming based on the image and name of the next chapter they are dementors and Sarah you're gonna con- fucking confirm that for me <laughs> by the time I get through questions <laughs> but we're find Spencer,
0: Spencer working blue again <laughs> I'm, I'm annoyed that you're
1: taunting me <laughs> without telling me this now um, <gasps> Uh, question for you, Sarah, we can just answer now, but would you agree with Hermione's pet choice of the massive Maine Coon slash Garfield cat?
0: That nobody wanted in the pet shop? Yes.
1: Yeah, it screams you. Yeah. Uh, also, just to reiterate, Scrubbers is damn old and needs to be retired. He's literally mm-hmm. missing body parts. Uh, so when you say retired, Spencer, I don't.
0: <laughs> you mean sent to the great <laughs> farmhouse in the sky?
1: i mean this is a magical world if they just want to you know apparate him to the farm upstate they could do that if it's instead magically killing him it's just the child doesn't ask any questions i don't know i don't know how the magic world works (laughs) well he has a
2: lot of experience in in being a wizard pet familiar so maybe he could mentor the next one and (laughs) you know get it up to speed
0: (laughs) Uh, crochanks does not have any interest in that (laughs) Okay, him and
1: Errol, this being a British world, him and Errol need to retire to some Spanish isle somewhere and just enjoy their retirement out in that manner the way that all British people do. And just refuse to learn them.
0: Spanish. And um...
1: Yes, make a British enclave where they just kind of continually yell insults about how they should be the, the new Gibraltar and rejoin <laughs> British territory.
0: And complain about how they can't get a good cup of tea. It, oh, it's course. sort
1: of like only English-speaking
2: uh, travelers have... Are are called expats rather than like foreigners. <laughs>
1: um, but yes, I, I want that's another animal only adventure. I want I want to see Er I want to see Errol and uh, Scrabbers in their retirement together on the coast of Spain. Can we arrange that, Sarah? Is that something I'm going to see later? Don't tell me I don't want to know. Okay. Uh, next question. Our next comment. Oh God, Percy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I this know he's most, head boy now. It's awful.
1: It's the worst thing ever. He literally stays up at night. Polishing his badge. He legit polishes his badge. It it is so bad. And he's even putting on an even putting on a voice and a persona that he think is most effective for head boy. Mm-hmm. It is the worst thing ever. He deserves all the taunting and various shenanigans that his brothers are engaging in with respect to him. I,
2: I think I, I maintain that he
1: is the worst and is the big bad. I'll stif- I- I- originally I was gonna say, oh, well, you know, he's annoying, but you know, there's probably gonna be some rede- redeeming virtues. We haven't gotten any of those yet, and I'm increasingly doubtful we ever will. Yeah. We do, ha- however, find out seemingly from this conversation we get from um, Arthur, his name is Arthur Weasley, right? I always mm-hmm. forget Bronze dad's mm-hmm. name. Okay. Uh, th- as to what Sirius Black is about and what he's doing and why that he's saying that Sirius Black int- directly intends to do Harry harm, and apparently they have foreknowledge that that is the case, because he, in a, essentially a state of demented obsession, just kind of continually repeats, uh, what was it, what, he's at Hogwarts or mm-hmm. something like that? Yep. Which I think they're assuming is Harry, because they are connecting that to the idea that Sirius Black's apparently life purpose was built around Voldemort being a thing and rising to power and him being the number two, And Harry is at least the best they can find in terms of reasons why that isn't the case. So this, we'll see if this proves true, but this at least is setting us on a train of events that is, like you said, BJ, kind of directing where the plot is going to go from here. I'm desperately hoping it's not another Dobby. (laughs) I'm, again, I'm hoping, they've set this guy up as a villain. They've set this guy up as the imminent threat of this book that, (laughs) that, In the last book our threat turned out to be a book this one appears to be a guy all as always connected back to Voldemort but it seems to be that our plot is going to be that this guy is in pursuit he is an active threat and despite their reassurances that Harry will be completely absolutely safe at Hogwarts someone knock on wood right now that's not going to prove to be the case Ron has a new wand that he can
2: knock on anytime he wants
1: (laughs) and uh, final point uh, my, one of my favorite side characters may well be the mirror in Harry's room. I'm really enjoying the little quips this thing <laughs> says, including the last line, which legitimately made me laugh out loud. As Harry actually takes the time to say, "I'm not going to die," and the mirror says something along the lines of, "That's the spirit." So, really love that ending. Uh, so we
2: have house points, which I'm very curious to hear what what what
0: happens here. How the calculus is going to go here? Yeah. Because I feel like we have beginning of the chapter house points and end of the chapter house points um, at this point. But I, like, you all can argue with me if you like, but I am very convinced that despite the sort of dire information he gets at the end of the chapter, Harry has had the best two week period of his life. Absolutely. Over the past two weeks. And I don't think there is any news you could have given him that would undercut the fact that he has had a really good chapter.
1: You literally could tell him at this point that Sirius Black is outside his door and about to murder him, and Harry might just shrug and say, eh, I've had a good run. It's fine. It's been that pleasant of a two weeks. It's fine. Uh, Ron and Hermione won't be able to attend this year?
0: That would Uh, be difficult.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It would still probably just be offsetting compared to the awesome two weeks, though.
0: (laughs) Very good two weeks um loser is a little more tenuous although I, and i don't mean this as just our sort of fallback determination on this um but ron is struggling a little bit in this chapter
2: oh i think we have a a much bigger loser in this chapter okay do tell it was probably a ravenclaw okay and uh, oh the bookstore believe... owner oh yes <laughs> That's fair. That's another fair option, yeah, too. Yeah, this,
0: uh, this man has had really been having a bad summer. <laughs> <laughs> do,
1: I mean, do we know who this uh, monster book is associated with? Well, I can say for questions, but do we know who this monster book is associated with? Which professor or course that is re- now required reading for?
0: Not yet, no. Okay. No, it has been... Well, and I guess it doesn't... They don't even really tell you in the... Even if we had the um, the letter with the book list on it. I don't think they tell you in the letter what the which class the books are for, um, so we don't know yet. Gotcha. Uh, we do certainly know that there is um, a new Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher, um, but that's literally all we know about their classes, and we only know there's a new Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher because they don't have an old one. <laughs>
1: Is that, is that on the list of courses that they end up taking every year? Is it just like, you know, yes. Defense Against the Dark Hearts 3.0? 3, uh, 3. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. Um, so they really, their kind of electives that we didn't get much information about last book um, are in addition to the courses they were already taking. So they will always have, at least until after they take their qualifying exams, they will always have, um, which are their Ordinary Wizarding Levels, which are OWLs, um, Until then, they will always have Transfiguration, Potions, Defense Against the Dark Arts, Herbology, and Charms, and History of Magic, I think, and maybe Astronomy.
2: Interesting. You go with a hard H. Um, So so you say that we have the Wizarding World to thank for the Common Core.
0: (laughs) Yes, this is, (laughs) I think, where we can come down on this front.
1: I think I think we're already bleeding into questions unless you've got anything else to add on uh, who's winning house points, uh, Sarah?
0: No, I mean, we've got a winner, there are a couple of losers, but no like big losers this chapter, so whatever. You,
1: you, made, you made clear that losers can't have winners and losers have to be human, right? Because I think Scrabbers has had a rough run given that he's missing toes and ear and is just on the verge of death at all times.
2: Yeah, but of the chapters that Scabbers is actually in, he doesn't have a bad run of it.
0: No, he is just existing in this chapter. And in fact, he is going to get some rat tonic, which I am hoping is served with gin. I, I,
1: my argument here is that when your life is pain, there's only so much you can improve from that.
0: I think he has an okay life. I, he sleeps most of the time.
1: That is a perk, yes. <laughs> well, BJ, you got any questions? Um,
2: yeah, so maybe this is just my troubled memory, but I don't remember mirrors being as sassy before, like they kind of did other stuff. Um, So do mirrors like maintain a personality kind of like pictures do? Or is there some sort of different uh, way that that uh, or gestalt that that mirrors have?
0: Um, (laughs) I don't I think this is really the only talking mirror that we encounter.
2: Because, um, like, I do remember that, like, when Harry would interact with a mirror, it, like, would do other stuff sometimes, mm-hmm. um, particularly sort of in the wizarding world, where in the non-wizarding world, it was a little bit more normal. Um,
0: yeah, where was the mirror? Was this the same mirror in this chapter that keeps telling him to flatten his hair and tuck in his shirt? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Then I'm, we have a very limited sample size. Gotcha. From our knowledge, mirrors can be sassy. Or they can hide secret, ever-living stones.
1: What? Oh, yeah. Actually, yes. I know this now. <laughs>
0: this was the main plot point of the first book. <laughs> I,
1: I know, but it's still just such a weird thing. I, I, my mind just went, oh, actually, that's in the world. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I guess the descriptions leave
2: something to be desired.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> uh, a question from me.
2: Spencer. The, the, the mirror in the first book was the Mirror
1: of Erised. I know that reference now. I'm just choosing not to comment on it because you're a mockery. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, okay, Sarah, I think we've already discussed this, but I need to be reminded of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, does Hogwarts have tuition? Because we get, we get a list of Harry's expenses he goes through, including books, lodging, everything else, but he does not describe any cost of actually Hogwarts itself. Are we suggesting in the Paris, the thought in the UK system that this is actually a state-backed school?
0: Um, yeah, there is no tuition associated with Hogwarts.
1: I would assume okay. that with uh, the number of
2: gov- rich governors that it has, mm-hmm. that it's not so much state-backed as a... Uh,
0: it's a private institution run on scholarships.
2: <laughs> that is required by a state institution. Yes. Okay.
1: As all of us just went through graduate programs in universities, we well damn know that the endowments are in no way spent on students to any degree.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not always true. Um, NYU is making medical school free for all of its entrants. Well, thank you for naming the exception that proves the rule. <laughs>
1: Technically correct. <laughs> All right, I've got like seven more, but you got that one, BJ? Uh, Go for it. Um, this chapter uh, had other things for me. Uh, <laughs> uh Death omens. What mm-hmm. are those?
0: Well, Spencer, they are kind of- omens that uh, might signal your death. <laughs>
1: No, 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 no. Is this a school of magic? Is this some le- degree of divination? To what degree is this a magical thing? Uh, and is this um, is something that they can actually learn at school?
0: Uh, no, this is a type of... It's, well, it is di- associated, I would suppose, with divination, um, which our fearsome threesome are taking this semester. Um, okay. So we learn more about divination going forward, and the relative ranking that it has on the hierarchy of magical things that you could study. Okay,
1: I'll be curious. It seems like this is the first of the three references that J.K. Rowling likes to do.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, On a course front, how many courses can you take? Because it seems like Hermione checked the box at the end that said all of the above.
0: Uh, She did, and that is a great question, and I am not going to answer that question.
1: But this is a plot point going forward. This is a major plot point going forward, Spencer.
2: <laughs> Spencer, sometimes you have to trust that that Hermione will figure out how she manages time and figures out what she's going to do with her
1: courses. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I just sympathize though. I mean, like there's a max limit of hours in the day. I I tried to overload a couple semesters back in school before, and it's like the most unpleasant time ever. I know Hermione loves the school, but are we going to see burnout, Hermione, before this book's over? Spencer, you just have to wait your turn to find out what she does with her time.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. Um, um, but I think it will it will give a, a new meaning to your uh, giant novelty stopwatch.
1: Okay, I'm writing this down as the things you guys are talking to me with this week, because I have no idea what you guys are referencing or talking about, but mm-hmm. we'll find out. Uh, Alright, I already referenced this, but if all readers would turn to the beginning of the next chapter... we we see what appears to be a mix between a Grim Reaper and a Ring Wraith, with the title The Dementor underneath it. I'm assuming based on the horrific descriptions we've already been getting over the last couple chapters and everything else about this image that this may be associated with the Azkaban Guards. I think... already assumed this in my description because I want it to be true because that is freaking horrifying, whatever this is. Sarah, are you willing to confirm this or am I going to have to wait till it says it in this chapter?
0: Um, I think that I can tell you as you will learn in this chapter, that you could take the chapter title for chapter five as also a caption for the picture at the beginning of the chapter.
1: Okay, and continuing that point further, is this the Azakaban thing that everyone's damn well afraid of? Uh, sure. Okay, <laughs> all right. So I'm curious about that, because I, I previously kind of thought the Azakaban guards were, you know, human.
0: Guards? People. <laughs> Regular Guards. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, now you're suggesting that they're essentially guarding it with what appear to be I don't know, some mix between a Banshee and a Grim Reaper or a Ringwraith or all kinds of other shit? That's even more horrifying. What are they doing at Azkaban? This sounds like an absolutely terrible place for even the purposes they want it to be terrible. They're
2: yeah,
0: we, visiting we learn... from a
2: different series.
0: <laughs> we learn so we... a lot about the Dementors in this next chapter, as you might imagine, given the title and the uh, cover image for the chapter. And it is worse than you think. Spencer.
1: So we already have Arthur Weasley suggesting that there's a bit of make-your-own-villain associated with Sirius Black, that he was already nuts and very dangerous. But now, whatever Azkaban's been doing to him for the last, what was it, 12 years, he
0: said? 13?
1: Mm-hmm. How long has he been that? Sure. Uh, uh, it it should have been 12 years. Maybe
0: okay. 11. 11, 12. Has only compounded
1: things. That this guy already went in crazy. Now he's just stark raving mad. It'd be very and, funny
2: if, if he was played by uh,
1: Kelsey Grammer, so he could reprise his role as Sideshow Bob. <laughs> um, sure, that's an option. That could be fun. <laughs> uh, um, but I, yeah, it's I don't. This place seems to be built around just the idea that when someone goes there, they don't come back, and that's okay because they don't come back. Anything can happen to them there because they're not a threat to society. And Sirius Black's apparently found a way out of that. And we're going to see how just massively messed up their strategy for prisoners is when that system fails.
0: Yeah, this is like a um, a sweeping condemnation of uh, theories of um, prison systems that are on sort of retributive justice and not rehabilitative justice. This prison
1: prison seems to be buying into retributive only. They have (laughs) no other ideas for what should happen to prisoners. I mean... I guess last question for me. Are there shorter terms at Azkaban, or when you're there, you're just there?
0: Well, there are because uh, Hagrid went in for a while.
1: Yeah, but he got, like, pardoned. He got, like, confirmed was not guilty. If they found out that he was guilty of the crime, was he just at Azkaban then, for there on after?
0: Well, I believe, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm actually, I might be misremembering this, but he had been at Azkaban for a period of time after all of the um sort of events leading up to the second book went down didn't he go to azkaban before
1: i know he went to azkaban because um well minister fudge showed up and right. he was their most likely scapegoat and he went to azkaban for like a few weeks um, yeah and
2: i but, thought he also went when he was the like, main suspect for totally, releasing the basilisk
0: yeah blamed for all of that i thought he did too because i thought he was like but, freaking out about going but, back to azkaban
1: oh so you may you may Okay, so are, we, are you guys suggesting he may have gone to Azkaban like when he was a kid the first time around? Because I think we're agreeing about the moment in the second in the, yes. in the second book where he goes to Azkaban because I mean, they think he's the one who opened the Chamber of Secrets. This just tells you about the rates of recidivism. <laughs> <laughs> They're making their own criminals here. <laughs> All right, well, I didn't, it ends up my remarkably numerous questions here, but yeah, it was a fun chapter of world building.
0: Um, yeah, it was a. Uh... You know, the very first chapter of this book, I think we talked a lot about being a sort of nice chapter for Harry, where nothing bad happened to him. He got some mail. He had a birthday. It was all fine. Then things went to hell for a while, and we got another just pleasant experience for him.
1: Yeah. we get a, uh, This seems to go very pleasant chapter for Harry, followed by what seems to be in my mind, the ultimate death omen. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how that goes.
2: I mean, the next chapter presumably is them going to school, because that's how all the other books go. And then we have a couple of chapters of plot inching forward and school happening. And then, like, the last three will be the rest of the plot.
0: Well, why do we need to read the book, BJ? I
2: don't know. Because it's fun. But we will be. And next time, you can hear us talk about Chapter 5, The Dementor.
0: Excellent. Well, this has been fun, y'all.